All right, this morning, oh, you're in for a treat. I'm going to do something very, very uh, interesting, something unusual, not unprecedented in the life of Oak Hill, but something unusual. I'm going to read to you a Thanksgiving epistle. It's a letter that I have written to you, uh, the Oak Hill family, not just for me, but on behalf of the entire elder team. Um, I've done something like this a couple times in the 15 years of the life of our church, and I know that every time I've done it, at first it seems a bit odd, because it's not what you expect when you come to church, is to hear uh, the preacher get up and read uh, a letter, but I think you'll ease into it as we go along. It's a little bit outside the box, so I appreciate your grace and your patience with me. Here is the purpose. We always want to do things with a purpose, right? Rather than just, churches tend to do this, we plow into the next thing, right? Before we can even stop and look back, we just dive into the next thing. Uh, but this occasion of Thanksgiving gives us a chance to slow down a bit and to take a deep breath. And it gives us a chance to look back at what we've just been through over the last couple of years, which has been pretty traumatic, in case you didn't know. And to recall all the good that God has done in the life of our church, and so we get a chance to do that, especially on Thanksgiving. I, I hope by the end of this you're encouraged and convicted and challenged in many, many ways. It also gives us a chance to look forward a little bit, to look to see what's over the next hill. What challenges lie ahead of us? How can we prepare for that? How can we enter into what God wants to do in the next chapter in the life of our church together? So I am praying that today is a worthy exercise. Now, here's the thing. When we open up our New Testaments, we forget this sometimes, when we open up our New Testaments and we read these beautiful letters, right, from men like Peter and Paul and John, we sometimes forget that they were written to very specific churches in a very specific time frame with very specific needs. Places like Rome and Corinth and Ephesus and Philippi and Colossae. These were real church bodies that are not that much different from us. Churches that were striving to worship God and to be faithful. Churches that were doing some things really well and other things not so much, just like us. They had struggles and they had problems. They had needs. They needed their members to pray more and to give more and to serve more, just like us. They had victories to celebrate. There was growth happening, maturity in the body. Members were using their spiritual gifts and the, the body was being built up, just like us. Not that different. We also sometimes forget that these churches actually had real people in them, actual church members, guys like Stephanus, right, and, and, and Julia, and uh, Aristobulus, and all these interesting names, Phoebe, Epaphras, Tryphena, all these different names, right? Those are not just names on a page. Those were actual living people from the first century, people who were trying to work out their salvation with fear and trembling, just like we are today. And they needed instruction. And they needed correcting, and they needed encouragement, and they needed prayer support, and they needed help with their kids, and they needed help in their marriages, just as we do. And so we're grateful that men like Peter and Paul and, and John were there to write these important letters, to build them up and to strengthen them in the faith, to let them know they weren't alone, that they were together, not just in that local body, but across the ancient world, that they were one body in Christ. So as I do this, I want to make sure that I, I give a really important caveat Although I've written this letter in a sort of Pauline type of format, I'm not trying to be presumptuous or arrogant here. I am not an apostle. We should just say that. Jeff is not an apostle, right? I, I couldn't even tie Paul's sandals, okay? So I'm not trying to write scripture, obviously, right? Um, but having received the call to be a shepherd over this particular flock, I'm excited to, to read this today 
Because this comes from the heart of our elder team, to you guys specifically, for the needs that we have, and I hope that you'll receive it with joy and with gladness. Are you ready? Here we go. Jeff. <laughs> sounds so strange. Jeff, a bondservant of Christ Jesus by the will of God, along with my brothers and fellow elders, Adam and Grant and Jeff and Ross and Dave and Kenny. I'm going to get choked up on this. I can already tell. I'm just, man, just letting you know. To the church of God, which is at Oak Hill in Santa Clarita, to those who are being sanctified and called as saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we get closer to celebrating Thanksgiving in the year 2021, we constantly thank God for you, this precious flock of believers that God has entrusted to us. We consider it the highest of privileges that Christ would call us to lead and to teach and to shepherd and to serve here among this particular church family. And we thank God for the grace which was given to you in Christ Jesus, that he chose you in him before the foundation of the world, that you would be holy and blameless in his sight. We thank God that he has drawn you, that he has called you, that he has justified you, and that now he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And you can know this for sure. In fact, you can bank on it. He who began that work in you will be faithful to complete it. Church family, your elder team has not ceased to pray over you and to pray for you all these years. We have regularly and joyfully come to the throne of grace on your behalf, asking that you would be filled with the knowledge of God and with the knowledge of his will so that you would walk in a, a manner worthy of your calling as true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, bearing fruit in every good work and abiding in him more and more. Friends, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on you. Catch this, he calls you his children. The God of the universe calls you his children. Together you are part of a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people for God's own possession. Never forget that. And as your shepherds, we implore you, Oak Hill family, never to lose sight of who Jesus is. Who is this Savior? this Messiah, this Holy One. He's the image of the invisible God. When we see him in the pages of the Bible and when we hear his voice in the text, we know for certain that this is the very Son of God and that all the fullness of, of deity dwells in him. By his hands, all things were created, all things in the heavens and on the earth, both visible and invisible. All things have been, been created through him and for him. And amazingly, Everything right now, as we sit here this morning, is being held together by him. What a savior we have. Fully God. He took on flesh and became fully man as well. Imagine this. God was willing to be made like you in order to be your great high priest and to free you from the power of death. He was willing to give himself up for you as a sacrificial lamb to suffer and to be slaughtered to pay the ransom for your sins. And so he came to his own, and his own refused to receive him. He was despised and forsaken by the very creatures he made. Our griefs he took upon himself. Our sorrows he carried. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for your iniquities and for mine. And by the scourging that he endured, you and I are healed. He didn't have to do it. 
Christ was in no way obligated to do anything for us. Yet because of his sacrificial love, we as a body can gather in this building this morning as a forgiven people. Because of his perfect righteousness transferred to you and me, we will live forever without the penalty for our sins ever, ever being counted against us. Does that truth ever just stop you in your tracks when you think about it? Friends, never forget where you came from. You were once spiritually dead in your sins. There was a time when you walked according to the pattern of this world without any thought of God. And actually, it was worse than that. You walked as an enemy of God. You actually hated God. And it was obvious. Just look at your old selfish will. Look at your old lustful thoughts. Look at your old wicked choices. You hated God. You lived to satisfy your flesh. Your affections were set solely on yourself and whatever made you happy or benefited you the most. That's who you were. And so because of your corrupted nature, you were living under the wrath of God. You were quite literally one of the walking dead. And being guilty before him, he had every right to take your life and cast you into hell. But instead, but instead, God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved you, instead of destroying you, he brought you to life. He rescued you from the domain of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of light, into the, the kingdom of his own beloved son. And now God has reconciled you to himself through Christ. Catch this. God the Father made his one and only son who knew no sin, who could never know any sin, made him to be sin on your behalf. Why would he do such a thing? So that you and I might be declared righteous in his sight. Wow. And now for us to live is Christ. Amen? Whatever things were once gained to you, do you not count them as loss? All of it, loss for the sake of the gospel. Would you not renounce all things this day for the sake of Christ? Listen, Oak Hill family, it's so important that you constantly preach that good news to yourself. Remind yourself of the gospel every single day. Remember who you once were. Remember the cross. Remember God's calling on your life. Consider where you would be today if God had not drawn you to himself. Every day, remind yourself of these truths. In light of all that, here in the week of Thanksgiving, above all weeks, do we not have so much to be thankful for? It does not matter what else is happening in your life, what you might be struggling with right now. Should we not be a grateful people? Speaking of being thankful, your elder team is blown away, blown away by all the ways that God has sustained and carried this church family over the last couple of years. We talk about it all the time. And we've been through a lot, haven't we? We have. It's nothing short of a miracle that we are still gathering together and not just barely surviving, but by God's grace continuing to flourish in spite of all the challenges that were thrown at us through the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you guys remember the original lockdown? Two weeks to slow the spread, they told us. And I want to give you guys a compliment this morning as a body. During those initial weeks, you showed great patience and great understanding. From our perspective as an elder team, we wanted to do a few things in that moment. We wanted to, to be good citizens. We wanted to love our neighbors. 
We wanted to submit to the governing authorities, and you trusted us. Even though at the time you might have been a little confused, you might even have been frustrated, you followed your shepherds without grumbling and without criticizing. We are so grateful for that. And then the Newhall School District withdrew, withdrew their contract with us to rent Pico Canyon. They told us that the only home that we had known for some six years, we could not go back to. And suddenly we were faced with having to consider something called a live stream. <laughs> Literally the first time I'd heard that word. Oh, you have to do a live stream now. That's the only way you can do church, we were told. But how? And where? And how do we make that happen? I cannot tell you how disorienting that moment was for somebody who'd done ministry all these years the same way. <laughs> Just come on Sunday to the place where we gather and suddenly everything had been completely thrown off. Everything. But we had a church family. We had a church family that rallied to that need in ways I still cannot comprehend. Now I know we... we, we, we Give glory to God for all that, but I just, I just want to say to you guys as a church family, you rallied to that need in amazing ways. It will go down as one of the most memorable times in my life in ministry. In a span of about six days, we built out a makeshift studio in the living room of my house. I mean, I, I brought pictures just so that you can be reminded. You guys remember this time? I still don't know how we pulled that off. And I'll be forever grateful to Grant and Alex and Glenn and Simon and Chandler and so many others who within that incredibly condensed time frame found a way to get us onto YouTube that Sunday for a worship service. It wasn't pretty, I'll tell you that. And it wasn't perfect. But we were there by God's grace. Boy, I got to tell you, having to look into that camera and being told that's the only way you can now communicate with your church family. I was a wreck. I was a wreck over it. And for our praise team to have to lead in song without any audience there, just a camera and, and not the proper acoustics and all the things that we were used to, what a challenge that time was. But amazingly, you guys, the servants at Oak Hill who just kept pouring into my house, <laughs> just rotating through my home, you found so much joy in it. It still amazes me. And the rest of you guys who weren't serving behind the scenes out there in your pajamas, <laughs> in your living rooms, watching us on the screen, you were so gracious and so encouraging at a time when we could have fallen apart at the seams as a church. God was lacing us up even tighter for the next chapter in our lives together. When we were able to locate a studio to finally rent to get worship out of my home and into a more professional space, all that work that we had just finished now had to be lifted up and moved and put down again and expanded. I, I mean, it was just, again, the, the amount of work was just overwhelming. And I am eternally grateful that Alex Gerbrandt came into my life <laughs> and Tom Pugh and so many others that the, the amount of hours that they spent to set up our studio, I think I've got a picture. Do you remember what it originally looked like? We walked into that shell and said, wow, this is a project. But for Alex and Tom and so many others, the number of hours they put in, it was staggering. 
And this is a good time to praise God for all of our tech team. So many of you guys, again, rotating into that studio, whether it was for the underground or it was for Sunday morning, whatever it might be, so grateful for you guys. You're rock stars. Matt and Kyle and Wesley and Eugene and Robert Cab and Brandon and Megan and Josiah Brown and Alyssa and Josh and Luke and others. So thankful for you all. And Glenn Kelly. Can I just say, Glenn Kelly, the master of the underground, and his incredible wife, Laura, for all that she brings to the table. I praise God every day that the Kellys have come into my life. So it was great to have that studio. But if you recall, we were still just live streaming from there, just a different location, and it was still really hard to look at a camera. And so we were so antsy to be back together. You guys remember? we got to get back together, to be physically together. But at that time, the situation with the virus was still unstable, and we couldn't predict what's the state government going to do and what's the local government going to do. And, and, and we still didn't know what was going to happen with our home at Pico Canyon. And meanwhile, the elder team were praying and we're looking at each other and we're like, what do we do? And we're watching other churches react in very strange ways. Some churches that were starting to open back up, sort of shaking their collective fist at the virus and at the government. And then on the other extreme, churches that were so paralyzed with fear that they, they practically shut down altogether. And seeking to find a healthy middle lane between those two extremes, all the while praying for wisdom, the Lord was so gracious to open up an opportunity for us to meet outdoors, as Grant mentioned already this morning, to meet outdoors under this giant tent at a place called Heart of the Canyons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, how grateful are we for our brothers and sisters at Heart of the Canyons? They didn't have to open that up to us. They didn't have to, they're, still op- they're still opening their hearts to us. And we are so grateful for it. I will never forget the cold. <laughs> I mean, I remember we donned our face mask. We didn't know. We donned our face mask and we bundled up and we went out there and we just did, we just, the, the, the phrase at the elder table was, let's do simple church. Let's just be together. To the extent we can, let's be together. Let's pray. Let's sing. Let's preach the word. And we'll see what God does. But the cold and the wind on those nights. I'll I'll never forget having to preach in three layers and not feeling my hands, right? And and the poor worship team trying to play instruments with their fingers like gnarled. They can't feel anything. And that one night our speaker blew over in the wind. And as hard as those nights were, I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful that, that God sustained us that we survive by pulling together as a church family. By the way, it's a great time to stop and to praise God for a a whole big group of people who who truly make living life together happen at Oak Hill. We we call them our worker bees. They're worker bees. Some of the most valuable parts of the body. They're, They're the folks who just open up their hands and say, what do you need? And what can we do? Blake and Chris and CJ and Colton, and Zach Spur, and Luke, and Tierney, both Brandons. We got a, I got a couple Brandons. <laughs> and Elisa, and the Duggins, and Peter. I mean, guys that are just willing to say, what can I build? What can I put up? What can I, what can I take down? Is there something I can carry? 
And every church needs those worker bees. They are so valuable, such valued members in the body of Christ. And here we are today through divine providence and the work of a few key members whom God has put in specific roles at masters. I mean, honestly, right? God's sovereignty in putting the right people in the right positions who have helped us to get here, to be back indoors on Sunday mornings. And we're so thankful for the the staff at Masters. They didn't have to let us in here, but here we are. We're so grateful for that. We're thankful to God for a very special part of our body then that came in and and helped us here, our creatives. We love our creatives, Stacy and Ricardo and Sage and Elena and others. Thank you for making everything around us look more beautiful and be more praiseworthy. It's a blessing to all of us. Now, the question is asked, is TMU the perfect place? Is this the place we want to be? Folks, can I just be honest? I've stopped thinking in those terms. I just stopped. Because Jeff can't control this. And Jeff shouldn't control this. None of us should. To be honest, I've just stopped. God has brought me in the leadership of Oak Hill to a place where we just say this. Okay, Lord, thank you for today's blessing. That's it. Take us wherever you want us to go. We'll just follow. And that's where great peace is found. God has, God has taught our elder team so much in the last two years. That's where peace is found, where our trust in God's sovereignty that we, that we teach about and we talk about goes beyond just saying it, and it goes to actual action. The body of Christ here at Oak Hill has figured out something that so many modern-day Christians have struggled to grasp, and that is that being part of a church family is not about a piece of property, and it's not about a building. It's not. It's about being the body and all of its members, members of one another. It's not about even about being comfortable all the time. It's not about having everything done for you. In fact, in many ways, the opposite has become true over the past couple of years. This church family embraces challenges when they come our way because ultimately it brings us greater sanctification. It brings us greater unity. And it's just another thing we can be thankful for. And we have a large group of folks here at Oak Hill who we just refer to them as the steady and committed group. Steady and committed. Folks that contribute to what we do week after week without complaining, just volunteering. Akela and Mario and Becca and Mark and Emily and Malia and Mason and Blaine and Kelsey and Mike Smith and Lena and Chase and Annalise. What a blessing you guys are week after week in our lives. So let me just wrap up this portion of the epistle by by thanking you, our entire flock, for for blessing us, blessing your shepherds in so many ways over the last couple of years. We have felt it. You've blessed us by staying positive, by extending grace to us. You've resisted the enemy's attempts to divide and instead become great encouragers. In fact, some of you in particular, we've noticed, are incredibly gifted in the area of encouragement. Anna and Rusty and Barbara and Danielle, thank you for your incredible encouragement. Now, on behalf of the other team, let me also lay out some exhortations for you guys. One of the strengths of Oak Hill is our young families. We are committed to godly marriages and to biblical parenting. Now, we know that neither marriage nor parenting is easy. Can I get an amen? But it is always worth the hard work, always. Trust the Lord's promise in this. You will reap a great harvest if you gain understanding as to your role in the family and then put it into practice. 
Strengthen that which God has blessed you with. Husbands, love your wife sacrificially. Be a servant leader. Cherish your wife as your number one priority. Wives, respect your husbands and follow their lead even if it isn't perfect. Friends, will you trust God with his design for marriage? Will you heed his warning when he declares, I hate divorce? Parents, Lord willing, right now you're raising the next generation of Christ worshipers. Imagine that. It's a noble task that God has called you to. And I thank God for all the young moms in our church right now. Boy, we're pumping out babies. Man. Am I allowed to say that? I think I went off script there. Just All of our young moms, Carly and Jesse and Chandler and Kara and Emily and Haley and Sage and Kaylee and Kimberly and Stacy and Sarah and Yael and Paige and Brittany and Jaden and Kelsey and yes, Sabrina. All of them. The prayer. The prayers of your elder team are always with you and always over you. And by the way, how about all those in our church family who are passionately committed to loving our littles on Sunday mornings? The ones who have a heart to teach and to lead while we enjoy time here in the big auditorium. Meredith, of course. How great is Meredith? But also Danny and Travis and Zach Swift and Michaela, Josiah Neely and Alex Wins, who love our youth as well, our teenagers. We are so grateful for you guys. Now, there's much discussion today about a very serious subject, the subject of apostasy and this online spectacle known as deconstruction. People who once professed to know and worship Christ are now turning their back on the faith on social media. Proud of it. Embracing culture instead. Embracing approval of one another on that social media as their new God. Friends, do not be surprised by this. Do not be shaken by it. Do not be alarmed by it. It has always happened throughout church history. In fact, John, the apostle, warned us. He said, they went out from us, but they were never really among us in the first place. Their faith was false all along. We know this biblically. If they had been truly saved, they would have remained with us. But in their leaving, God has shown us the truth of that situation. And that is a truth that we can rest in as hard as it may be. Do not be shaken. And also, please heed this warning today. Do not become so prideful thinking that you are too strong to be lured into the same sin by the enemy. Be on alert because you know his schemes. Do not fall in love with the things of this world. Do not allow yourselves to be taken captive by the philosophies of this world. You cannot love both God and the world. You cannot love both God and the world because one or the other will always be on the throne of your heart. All the things of this world, which I know they look so good and so enticing in the present, they will not last. They will all pass away, but God's word will last forever. So choose what is harder, but what is lasting, not what is easy and what is temporary. And if you need any help in this, know that God has blessed Oak Hill with some very wise and seasoned people who have seen the comings and goings of this culture 
who have been around long enough to give you wise counsel. Just reach out. People like Carol and Tanya and Darren and Donnell and Jesse and, of course, all of our elders are available to help. All you have to do is ask. Friends, daily set your mind on the things above, not on the things down here. You know that propaganda is everywhere today. Lies abound in every part of our culture. The narrative is being shoved at you. So always have your minds girded for action. Do not, like children, be tossed all over the place, being carried away by every new idea that comes along. Be discerning. Think everything through. Test the spirits according to what? To our biblical worldview grid. And once you've thought it through and once you've put it through that grid, stand firm in the faith with your brothers and sisters. Now about the future. From where we stand today, I know it looks murky. I know it looks somewhat uncertain. All of us are wondering, are the end times right around the corner? And they may be. But here's something we can be sure of because God has warned us. Things will get darker and things will get more difficult. We know that with every passing day, that is true. So don't be surprised if the world grows in its hatred of you. Don't be shocked by that. As Peter told us, don't be surprised when fiery ordeals come upon you and your family as if some strange thing were happening. Instead, take Peter's advice. To the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, rejoice all the more. For a little while longer, he says, we will be distressed by various types of trials. But remember, those trials serve to refine our faith. And ultimately, they will prove our faith to be true. So be patient. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. In that vein, as the clock winds down, be on alert for every possible evangelism opportunity. I know it sometimes looks and feels hopeless to share your faith in today's culture, but know that God is always at work, and He is sovereign. He will save whom He will save. All He requires of us is faithfulness. All He wants us to do is to pray and to go, to build relationships with the lost, to share our lives. And I thank God this morning for those among us whom God has put in this body that have a fire burning within them to witness for Christ. Mike Barkoff and Allie and Grace and Kelsey and Lauren. And I'm thankful today for those in our body who have a passion for prayer. They are truly prayer warriors. Gina, Josh and Allie, Young, and so many more. We exhort all of you to remember that who it is that you represent every time you go out into this valley. Who you represent. You are ambassadors for Christ. Remember, an ambassador never lives for himself. He lives for the one he represents. And our testimony in a place that sometimes feels large, but it's not, it's a small community, our testimony matters. God continues to give you and I life and breath for His reasons. It's the only reason why you're breathing this morning is because God has a purpose for you breathing. Because there's a sovereign plan in progress. He is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure, and it's our role, our role, our job, to simply join him in what he's doing. Listen, each one of you is a special work of art from the hand of God. We forget that, don't we? You are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for his glory and for good works, for things that he has prepared long in the past, in eternity past, that in the present you would walk into, that you would walk through, that you would accomplish. So let's be about those things. Let's be about those things. How have you been spending your time? The moments we're given on this earth are precious, and they come and go very, very quickly. Just when you think you have so much time, the seasons shift, don't they? And you can't get that time back. So today, recognizing this truth that the days are evil, make the most of every opportunity that God gives you. We're all part of a great race. Isn't that true? We're all running the race of life. And here at Oak Hill, we're doing it together as a church family. But Paul tells us how to run it. He says, run it to win. He doesn't say run it just to jog, just to come in last, or just to be lukewarm. He says, run it to win. Every person who signs up for a race who says, I'm going to win, trains for it. Right? He trains. He disciplines his body. And in the race of life, that means you and I exercising discipline and self-control. So remember this important principle and live by it. Listen, all things are lawful for you, but not everything is profitable. Choose wisely. Do not be mastered by anything but Christ. Because of God's high calling on our lives, let us lay aside all the sins that so easily entangle us. Let us cast those things aside and press on towards the goal for the prize that he has set before us. And let's do it together. One of the cornerstones of our life together is hope. The Bible says that we've been born again to a living hope. And as an elder team, one of the most valuable groups in this church is is this group that is constantly bringing hope and energy to our body. Hope and energy. We call them the tiggers of our church family. Every church needs energy. They need people. They need positivity. They need people with the joy of the Lord who bring energy to the body. Connor and Kaylee. Is there a better tigger than Connor? And Stephen and Jana, and David and Brooke, and Brittany and Daniel, and Casey and Tyler, and Josiah and Haley, and Chris Sue, and Sabrina, Josiah Garber, and Victoria, and Jason, and Jacob, and Caitlin, and Zach Hilton, and Lane. We are grateful for the energy that you guys bring to our body. You keep Oak Hill vibrant and exciting. Remember now, our hope is living because of one thing, because Christ was raised from the dead. Amen? And that means we too will be resurrected someday. And as you know, we have a great inheritance awaiting us. A great inheritance, one that will never lessen, will never fade, will never be corrupted. It is on reserve for you right now. And it's protected by the hand of God, by Almighty God himself. So friends, stop worrying about everything. Stop worrying. Lay aside your anxieties and your fears. Has God not been faithful in the past? That's a big part of what we're talking about today. So will he not be faithful in the future? Whenever you feel shaken by personal struggles, when you find yourself wrestling with repetitive sin, or when you look out at the world and you feel a sense of dread come over you, what do you do? Take your concerns to the Lord in prayer. That's what we've been instructed to do. Friends, in the moment of crisis, always run towards Christ. Not away. Why do we do that? 
Run towards Christ with humility and thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to Him. He has opened the curtain and invited us into the very throne room of grace. So come and bring your requests to Him. The promise is that His peace, which is truly beyond our comprehension, we all know that, it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It will give us the strength to push through whatever is coming over the next hill. Finally, as we march into the future, it is imperative that we as a church family remain united to be one. There must be no room for divisions among us. The enemy is on the prowl. And we know that a little leaven always leavens the whole lump of dough. We just learned this recently. We cannot allow division to take place in this body. So let us pray constantly that God would give us one mind and one love, that he would unite us in spirit, intent on one purpose. And on our part, each of us as individual worshipers, we must do nothing out of selfish desires, but instead consider the needs of everybody else in the body as more important than your own. And when it comes to disputable matters, and we've seen a lot of those with COVID, things that are controversial, things that threaten to divide us as if we're like the world, that we would fall into that trap. Let each person be fully convinced in his or her own mind on those things. Let each of us strive to be discerning, to come to a conviction on those things and live by it. But as you do, do not regard with contempt the person who comes to a different conviction. Our unity must be greater than our opinions when it comes to matters of preference. As Paul told the Corinthian church so many years ago, there are many members, but only one body. Many members, but only one body. And each part of Christ's body matters to the others. In fact, he uses this amazing phrase, you are members of one another. Oh, if we could only grasp what that actually means. So look around and be amazed. That person next to you, that person three rows up or two rows back, they belong to you and you belong to them in the truest sense of the word, if we could just grasp the beauty of that picture that Scripture gives us. Brothers and sisters, I cannot say this any more emphatically. These are days when living out the one another's is so, so critical. Let us care for one another. And if one member suffers, let us all rally around that member and enter into that suffering with them. And when another member is rejoicing, let us do the same, celebrating with him or her. God has gifted this body with so many great caring people. Did you know that? Great caregivers, Paige and Danelle and Cassie and Tammy and so many others. And he's brought, with, brought others with a great heart for generosity and for hospitality. Christine and Kim and Tori and Victoria and Doug. So many people, and we're so thankful that there's a generous spirit here, that there's a spirit of hospitality. So question, how can you best live out the one another's here at Oak Hill? If there's a practical takeaway from this morning, I'd like it to be that question. How can you best live out the one another's at Oak Hill? God has richly blessed Oak Hill with every part that we need to be a fully functioning body. Everything that we need is present in this local church. A place where every single one of us can not only be served, but serve. So what is God calling you to? Your elder team is so excited over the most recent group of new members to come into our family. Zariah and Ella and Isabel and Josh and Mark and Susie and Ruth. 
And there are others right now who are interviewing, preparing to come into membership. Gabe and Rebecca and Hannah and Frida and Elijah and Christopher. And already right now, I'm thinking a year from now, we are so excited to see how each of those folks, what role they will play in the coming years as God writes the next chapter in the life of our church. It's always about the people. It's never about the building. Will we be here next year? I don't know. (laughs) But I'll be with you, I hope. It's always about the people. Church, keep fervent in your love for one another. Be kind and tenderhearted to each other. Always be quick to forgive because you've been forgiven so much. Now to him who's able to keep you and I from stumbling, to him who holds us tightly wrapped in his loving arms, and to him who will faithfully bring us home someday. May he be glorified in this local church until the day he returns. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, it's a, it's a humbling thing to look back and to see where you have brought us and to know that you have done it through the folks in this room and beyond, Lord, that call Oak Hill their home. We are so grateful for your love for us, so grateful for Christ, for the cross, for justification, to be righteous in your sight. We are so grateful, Lord, for the process we're walking through right now to be sanctified and to grow closer together and knit together as a body. And Lord, I pray that you would continue that process, that we would continue to grow closer together. As we lock arms and look to the future, uncertain as it is, we know that you are trustworthy. And so we will be here together. And we ask God that you would help us to do that well. For your glory and for our good, we pray. Amen. The ushers are going to come forward in just a a moment to collect our financial offerings. And you know what? The reality is, is that giving is one of those tangible ways that we can express our thankfulness to God. It's just a, a practical way that we can worship. Listen to what Paul says when he's writing to the Corinthians about giving. Here's what he says. He says, you will be enriched in every way for your generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For this ministry is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So let's sing together and let's worship through giving.